Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. shift yes i am we get erica back i know i know to you guys it means two things jack and shit but around here it's great because she's been on second shift for fuck's sake since i've known her so this is awesome yep so our schedule's gonna change up just a little bit getting two in a row this month because uh my days off are gonna flip-flop so yeah. We're switching from one Wednesday to the next Wednesday. So you guys get an extra episode. Yay! And I get extra Erica. Yay! The boys get extra mommy. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. This it'll is a be good, good day. This is a good month. I gotta get back in the habit of having a bedtime. <laughs> That'll be it a sucks. change. <laughs> it sucks. Especially since I have to get up at like four in the morning. Teehee. And I usually go to bed at 2 or 3 in the morning. So. I had to do that shit for 8 years and it sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, so gotta get used to that. But helps you guys because you're getting this little extra knowledge. Yay! Yay! What knowledge am I speaking of? Horrible. Just horrible fucking knowledge. Just... No, fun stuff. Yay! It's martinis and the macabre. The podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. Murders seems to be the thing. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of murders, but I think there's more of those to cover than anything else. What's that say about us as a people? We're bad. Yeah. People are yeah, bad. You know. My name is Erica, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host Billy. I was happy a second ago, and then I just got realized, you know. Yeah. But that's what we do. Yay! We, we try to bring happiness to the bad shit. Helps and, you deal. Yeah. And tonight, the bad shit we're going to talk about is our first coverage of a spree shooter. Oh, before we get into that, just kind of remind me of something. The way people cope with, you know, death, right? Mm-hmm. You're, um, oh, one of my favorite guys, Tom. Your second cousin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a he was my law enforcement instructor, and he he it was a discussion about like how people deal and all that stuff, you know. And um, turns out the guys at the morgue got kind of a fucked up sense of humor. I um, believe it. Yeah, he said that he had to be there for an autopsy, and that one of the things that uh, they like to do is to play music through your ass push on your stomach and everything and try to see if they can make a tune because gas is building up because you are literally rotting. Mm -hmm. And uh, they try to, uh, from what I understand, I think, let's see, shaving a haircut is a good one, which is, um, what's shaving a haircut? It's dun, a, da, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Uh, the happy birthday song. We're not going to do a rendition of that because it is copywritten, but <laughs> uh, the people in the morgue don't care. And um, beatboxing. 
Hmm. Try to rap over it. Interesting. So just know when you die, you're going to make somebody fucking laugh. They're going to play you like a trumpet. And that's how they, yeah, they're going to literally play you like a trumpet. <laughs> and, uh, but that's weird. It's weird and it's kind of comforting because they have to deal with death every day and that's how they deal with it is to make it seem like you, you like it, whatever's on the table is just a thing. Mm-hmm. And I get that because honestly, when I think about it, like I, I've, I've run so far two liquor stores and I've been doing it for seven years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think about the fact that, oh, this person had a 21st birthday and they're going to go out and have some fun. I hope they're safe, which is great. I love that. I love that part of my job. And I love the part of my job where I don't see a customer for like three years. And then they come in and say, hi. And I'm like, oh, what you been up to? And they're like, oh, I've, I, I, I'm sober. I just wanted to come in and say hi. That's great. That's the best way to lose a customer, to be totally honest with you. But I also, I can't help but think how many, um, how many home invasions did I sell? How many domestic violence, how much domestic violence did I sell? How much rape did I sell? How much uh, vehicular homicide did I sell? And it just gets to the point where you look at those bottles the same way somebody at like JCPenney or Old Navy looks at a shirt when they fold it. It's just a thing. It's just an object just sitting there. That kind of helps me. Really? Because that sounds quite depressing. (laughs) Well, if I thought about the former, it would be even more depressing. Yeah, thinking about the crimes that you could be selling is pretty bad. <laughs> I didn't do it. It's just the point is I try to look at it as this is just a product that somebody's buying. Yeah. Consumers. And it is because if people drink responsibly like you're supposed to, it's great. you won't have those problems. It's good times. Oh, speaking of which, I'm going to start doing something. I'm going to start name dropping. I don't give a fuck. Tonight, I am drinking Lagunitas Hop Stupid. And Elysian Space Dust. That's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Um, homemade Bob Marley's. We didn't make the rum. Had some flavored rum, pineapple juice, orange juice. What's the rum? Go Pretty ahead, tasty. Captain Morgan, I've got a little bit of coconut and a little bit of pineapple in there. Yeah. Good stuff. Tasty. I just kind of threw it all in there. Didn't huh. measure anything out. How's it working out for you? <laughs> Pretty good. Is it good? It's good. Good. Good Good stuff. So, Spree Killer. Yeah, Spree Killer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a lady, which is unusual. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the story of Sylvia Winanda Segrist. Yes, that's W-Y-N-A-N-D-A. Winanda. She opened fire at a Pennsylvania shopping mall on October 30th, 1985 killing three people and wounding seven others. Dick. Yeah. She was born July 31st of 1960, and her early life was normal until about age eight, when allegedly her paternal grandfather exposed and fondled himself in front of her. Her mother... Uh. Yeah, her mother Ruth would testify at her trial, quote, she was a normal child, but was sexually abused by her grandfather and became a troubled teenager. Ruth did not actually learn about the molestation until Sylvia was 13. So by 15, she was smoking pot and having sex with the neighborhood boys. Oh. She was a little bit of a rebel. Smoking pot, though. I mean, you're a teenager. Everybody smokes pot. You can't really tag that on somebody. I had a perfectly fine childhood. And what what was her age? 15. 15. 15? I was so fucking high. And nobody showed me their dick. <laughs> Were you having sex with all the neighborhood girls, though? No. So. Or boys. Well, and on top of that, but she... But I'm not one that turned down a good thing. <laughs> I was high, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> well, on top of that, she started having violent thoughts, discussions, and behaviors, as well as having some bizarre behaviors like cutting off all of her hair, spray painting herself, and writing hostile expressions on her wall. Okay. Well, <laughs> I smoked a lot of pot. <laughs> I did have violent thoughts. Do I, I wonder, do you guys have those? Does Do people have those, or is that me? What do you mean? Aren't they called, like, intrusive thoughts? Yes. That's actually very common. Oh, good. Yeah. So when I think, like, 
What would happen if I ran outside of my store and kicked that guy in front of a bus? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a normal. Or thing. I could take my car and just drive it off the cliff right now. And yeah, yeah. Pretty much everyone has those thoughts. We just don't typically act on them. Thank Christ. <laughs> um, Sylvia was first pulled out of school and hospitalized when she was sixteen. Doctors diagnosed her as having paranoid schizophrenia. Now, schizophrenia commonly strikes during adolescence and affects about 1% of the population. It causes disorganized thinking and disorientation with the environment. There's a disconnect with reality, and there's also potential for mildly aggressive outbursts. Now, what's schizophrenia? Is that the multiple personalities? No, it's what I just said. (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm trying to understand. There's a, a detachment from reality. You have these thoughts in your head that aren't real. There's voices um, and urges that aren't grounded in reality. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Kind of. <laughs> Pee-wee's Playhouse could be a form of schizophrenia. Like like we're seeing what's going on in schizophrenic's head. Um, possibly. The chair spoke. <laughs> That'd be more of a hallucination. Oh, that reminds me. If you go on YouTube, you can actually... This is really cool. I'm a sucker for ASMR, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go on YouTube under ASMR, I use it to go to sleep. I'm actually damn near addicted to it now. I kind of can't sleep until, unless I use it. But there's one that is for, like, educational purposes. And it is to um, find out what it's like in a schizophrenic's head. Or just somebody that's insane. Mm-hmm. I, I forget how like, the actual, like, what you have to search. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I need to um, wake up and go to the bathroom and take a shower. Nobody likes you. Why are you even fucking doing this? You should just fucking end it all right now. That type of thing. And it's like 30 minutes of that. And, it, and, it, and it's supposed to be for educational purposes. Like, mm-hmm. they're letting you see how troubled a person like that is. So when you... when you know somebody who's diagnosed as schizophrenic or whatever. You're you're, you're more sympathetic to them because you're like, because after I listen to him, like hell, how the fuck do you operate? Yeah, that that sounds pretty much like schizophrenia. Uh, so fucking busy, so <laughs> so much shit going on. Well, it can be controlled with proper antipsychotic medications, um, but you have to be compliant with actually taking them. That so tends if, to be the biggest problem. Is that the thing where like if you take it but you don't want to take it, it doesn't work? Like acid, like if you go into acid, if you take acid and you're enthusiastic about it, you'll be fine. You'll have no. a lot of fun. But if you're scared and you take acid, you're going to have a horrible time. No, if you take the medicine, you can control it. But if you're not going to take the medicine, oh, you're not going to change anything because you're not taking the medicine. Well, that's with anything, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So over the next several years, Sylvia was admitted to psych wards over a dozen times. One of those times was in 1980 when she was committed to Tri-County Fountain Center. She was eventually transferred from there to a hospital setting, but then returned to Tri-County after just three weeks. And on her second day back, she stabbed a counselor in the back with a paring knife. So this, of course, got her sent to jail. See, Australia? We know when a bitch is crazy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We, we had our own faults with this one. Oh, never mind, Australia. <laughs> This got her sent to jail. You still got scary animals. And the facility requested that she face court charges. But she was instead sent for rehab and discharged back into the community. Wait, but was it two days later she said she was okay? No. Aha! I'm unsure of how long it took before they released her. The counselor that she had stabbed objected and said Sylvia was too much of a threat and was dangerous. <laughs> it's the biggest understatement of the year. The, the motherfucker with, with the fresh stitches is like, no, no, don't let her. Bitch is crazy. Yeah, the counselor also told the judge that Sylvia often expressed a desire to get a gun and shoot people. <laughs> and all of this was ignored. <laughs> In December of 1984, Sylvia joined the army. Oh. The other soldiers in her platoon thought she was a lesbian and harassed her. They even set her up on a prank date. That's not cool. And continually made her the butt of jokes. Oh. She had some um, behaviors. 
and she was discharged from the military after only two months because of those problems with her behavior. You know, it's not like I'm trying to break down walls or say something that's totally fucking shocking. But I tell you, in my opinion, I don't care who you are. If you're an American and you want to serve the country and you have fingers that can pull a trigger, hey man, plane leaves from over there. Thank you. Go have some... Go go do it. Unless you're fucking nuts. Well, I guess some slipped through the cracks. <laughs> you're gonna have well, that. Well, they, they caught on rather quickly and got her out. But after her discharge, she began spending a lot of time at the Springfield Mall, which is the mall in which she would later commit her shooting spree. She was always dressed in her military fatigues, and people began referring to her as Ms. Rambo. One man recalled that she would glare at people and looked demon-possessed. How does one look demon-possessed? That's how he described her. I can understand. I can understand. She had a little crazy on her face, I guess. I can understand my hands on your boob. Yeah. I do understand that. But, um, no, it wasn't just there. I just tapped. <laughs> I don't think I was holding her tit the entire time. <laughs> but I can understand, like, if you look demon-possessed, like, if your eyes both go they go both ways and then you speak latin but you do it backwards then sure but they just have a mean glare doesn't mean you're like you're possessed by a demon i've never happened across somebody like man i really pissed him off he looks like he's possessed by a demon well maybe this will help describe her a little better she She... levitated no oh balls she yelled out curses and ranted about nuclear war and how the world was against her oh okay she harassed customers and made statements about how quote good other spree shootings were even referencing the recent san ysidro mcdonald's massacre she would sit clothed in full fatigues at the spa and sauna at the local fitness club at full attention and not moving for three hours (laughs) an instructor there stated quote she hated everyone and would often talk about shooting and killing people. Hmm. 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 If you ask me, that, there's a red flag. Hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> it's kind of made me think of people that's fucking crazy. I used to have a customer who um, actually has a brother who's a politician in this town. Hmm. And uh, this guy, not the brother that I'm talking about, but the guy that came into my store is a sucker for 100 proof vodka. He would buy like three-fifths a day. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he came in and was talking to me about in the Navy. He was in the Navy. And um, he's an old man, too. He was talking about how he was in the Navy and what I thought about my time in China. And I told him numerous times, I've never been to China. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, me either. And then gave me a wink. <laughs> he would always give me a wink. And not even when other people are around. You were in on it, huh? I guess. (laughs) And then he came in one day and did not shut up for the better part of like 20 minutes talking to me about how Reagan is fucking up the economy. What? Yeah. Reagan is so dead. I didn't want to let him in on the secret. I just let him (laughs) fucking say what he fucking had to say. Are you sure he didn't have like dementia or Alzheimer's or something where he was like living back 20 years ago in his mind? I think that's what I think the cheese slid off his cracker. (laughs) So I just let him. Yep. Oh my God. You know what I haven't mentioned on this podcast? What? Battery rap guy. Oh God. That guy. That guy. Crazy. Holy fuck. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell him. Yeah. We're going to take a break from the podcast for just a second. I'm going to tell you about. Crazy battery guy. Oh. Okay. This guy would go into the store. He would do it about five times at once. Like he wouldn't do it over the span of the day. He would walk in and out and in and out and in and out. And he would never touch it. He would never touch the door with his hands. He would touch it with his foot. He would kick the door open. Not violently like John Woo and there's pigeons coming out behind him. But he didn't want to touch the door. He, he didn't kick it open. I'm sorry. He pushed it open with his foot. And he had, if you, I mean, if you've done this, whenever you buy batteries, you have the plastic blister pack. And then you have the top part that hangs on the peg. The little cardboard backing. Yeah, the cardboard backing, you know, that says Duracell. His was old school. It was like Ever Ready with the cat. Mm-hmm. You know? And he had it in his hand. And he would like cup it in his hand. It would he? be cupped in his hand. You could tell this wasn't, this was like from the 90s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And whatever he did, he would have to look down 
at his hand. He would have to consult his hand. Not his hand, but the cardboard. Ever ready needed to tell him it was okay (laughs) to come inside and shop this time. But the other times, everybody was like, don't leave. And then he would do it. And then he would hang out in the parking lot and then come back in, turn around and leave. He would do this a number of times. And then he would come in and look at a bottle. Usually it's on the bottom shelf. And uh, bottom shelf, if you guys don't know, is where the stuff that isn't great is. The rock gut shit. Yeah, the rock gut. And uh, that's why the good stuff is called top shelf booze. But I'm not really letting a cat out of the bag. That's just common sense. And he would touch it with his toe. He'd be like, how much is this? And he'd be like a half gallon of Kamchatka. I'm like, that's nine ninety nine for a half gallon. He'd be like, that's too much. Push the door up with his foot. Turn back around instantly and then come back in and then look at his hand again. Everready said it's cool. So he would go and grab the bottle and bring it up. The one that he just asked about? Yeah. Pay for it and leave. And when he leaves, I'm fucking horrified. I'm, and I even told Erica... I even told you, my last words on this earth is the day the day he comes in and doesn't have the cardboard battery thing. My last words are going to be, hey, where's your fucking cardboard? That's going to be it. The day he snaps, that's when I'm going to fucking die. And how many times did this guy come in? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long fucking time. I hope somebody picked him up. Yeah. Somebody with badges and guns. Not like somebody that lives two houses down. Like, I hope. Because he was coming in pretty regularly, wasn't oh, he, God, for a while? fucking weird. Yeah. And, like, he would get, he would hand me his card, but, like, he would take the card, his debit card, you know, mm-hmm. and put it on top of the Ever Ready and then look at it. And then hand me the card and then look at the Ever Ready. <laughs> it was so fucking weird. I've never seen it like that in my fucking life. And yeah. I've been literally all over the world. That's a first. Uh, yeah, I have a strong feeling that guy had. Obviously, some OCD problems, not wanting to touch things. I think he was nuttier than squirrel shit. But he probably had some schizophrenia or something going on, Good too. God, or he owned stock and ever ready. <laughs> no, because then he would be showing it to you, trying to get you to buy it. You're right. Now I feel stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Duh, Billy. Come on. All right. So that was kind of pertaining to what we're talking about. If you see him over holding a battery cardboard thing in his hand, run. He wasn't like hanging out in a sauna and fatigues, but same difference. Oh God, I had another customer that would come in every day and buy rot gut fucking 40 ounces, Mm -hmm. like 211, you know, and she uh, would walk around the block or walk around the whole neighborhood talking about how um, she should be a multimillionaire because somebody stole the idea of spandex off of her. Hmm. Last I checked, Spandex came out in like the 50s. Yeah. And she's like maybe five years older than me, and I'm in my 30s. <laughs> okay, sure. That meth, it's a hell of a drug. Kind of glad I switched stores. <laughs> now I just do with meth heads. Oh. And they're in and out because they got places to go. They got places to go. <laughs> meth meth smoke. To cook. <laughs> That's the first time in my life at this, at the, on this end of town, uh-huh. I've seen so many, like, burnt lips. Like, burnt, charred black lips mm-hmm. infected with, like, white dripping off of them. Uh, Thank God for hands. Are they itchy and twitchy? and? Not so much twitchy, but they're doing that thing where they're rocking back and forth on the left and right foot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if they're going to jump at me or if they got to pee or if they really got to get back to that meth. <laughs> so back to sylvia i got time for that shit <laughs> so um aside from walking around saying she hated everyone and wanted to shoot them it's also reported that during this time she would march up and down her apartment building staircase she raked leaves at 4 a.m in the morning and drank furniture polish because that's healthy well you want your lawn to be clean in July of 1985, Sylvia's mother, Ruth, wrote an article for a Pennsylvania paper about life with a daughter diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. I can't Her. speak about the furniture polish. Good. What? She drank furniture polish. Yeah? I was talking about the leaves. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the furniture polish thing. 
Go ahead. I'm going to try to figure this. Wait. Oh, no. Glasses on. Oh. I'm going to sit here and stare at the wall and try to figure out this furniture polish shit. She raked leaves at 4 a.m. and drank furniture polish, but I am unsure if the two were done at the same time. It's furniture polish. It doesn't matter if it's done at the same time. <laughs> So, in July of 1985, Sylvia's mother, Ruth, wrote an article for a Pennsylvania paper about life with a daughter diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Her mom's kind of a freelance writer. (laughs) Want to let me in on the joke here? Chapter 3. The Rake Furniture Polish. They may be completely different chapters. You don't know. <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> that makes it worse that you have to devote a chapter to this fucking crazy bitch getting up and raking <laughs> in the middle of summer. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> ah, glasses on. Furniture polish. Let's get to the bottom oh. of furniture polish. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, in this article, she stated that she had pleaded for years to have Sylvia kept committed, but that she had always gotten released. Ruth commented in the article, quote, what do you need, blood on the floor? Hmm. Hmm. Actually became quite telling. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) So, several months before the shooting, Sylvia attempted to purchase a gun at a local Kmart. Her behavior was so disturbing to the clerks that they lied and told her they were out of rifles. Meanwhile, they're standing in front of a glass case with fucking rifles. (laughs) They thought she was so fucked up, they were like, I'm sorry, we're out. This is a a cardboard picture to make it look like there (laughs) are rifles here. These are on hold. They've already been paid for. I've bought all of them, and I'm picking them up tomorrow. Sorry. I bought the last ones. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll get guns some other time. Just point me in the fucking direction of rakes and furniture polish. <laughs> well, this uh, didn't divert her very well. She was eventually able to purchase one at a best product store by lying on her purchase form stating that she oh. had no history of mental illness. Yeah. Yeah, she just checked that box. I said, I'm cool. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta remember back in the 80s, it was kind of a different time for purchasing weapons. You didn't have, like, waiting periods and shit. But you did have to fill out a form where you could just answer yes or no to whether you were crazy. She checked the no box. See, and I don't usually get too political, but I gotta tell you, it really comes down to a person's mental state. Because, I've said this a million times... The stuff that like you hear about nowadays with spree shootings and 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 mass shootings, mm-hmm. it it's not really something that was thought of back then. Even back then, that was like something that's really kind of unheard of. And if you go to, if you go back in time, to the hardest like thug you could find, and tell him about Sandy Hook, he wouldn't fucking believe you. Mm-hmm. He would not believe you. And trust me. Anybody could tell you whatever they want. They could fucking link a fucking Facebook article to something. There were just as many guns when I was a kid as there as there are now. Yeah. There's more types because, mm-hmm. you know, weapons are always evolving. But the sheer number of them, anybody could get one. You try hard enough, you could fucking get one. But it was just something that, like, you would never think to do that. Mm-hmm. You, you tell somebody 20 years ago that somebody's going to walk in with an automatic shotgun and a rifle and shoot up a theater, they would not fucking believe you. So it's really just like the mental, it's something happened in our society where this is the norm now. But again, we're talking about something that happened in the eighties. So fuck, what do I know? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. we. I don't drink furniture polish for fucking sure. We were youngins then. Sylvia bought this rifle, paid $107 for a 22 caliber Ruger rifle. That's how you know it was the 80s. That's a steal. And walked out of the store same day with a major weapon being a schizophrenic. She then joined a rifle club. And they let her in there too. And started practicing uh, before her shooting spree actually took place. 
I guess if you go to a rifle club and you're holding a rifle, you're halfway in, right? I suppose. <laughs> if you're like, hey, I showed up, here's my rifle. Like if you want to get into a Scottish club and you walk up there and you're wearing a kilt, they'll be like, okay, sure. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> you seem the type. So the day of the actual shooting was on October 30th of 1985. Sylvia Segrist made the first of two trips to the Springfield Mall early in the day. She shopped for Halloween items at a party store and then worked out at the fitness club and left. And she would work out in her fatigues. I was just about to say, I bet this was all done in fucking fatigue. She was always in her fatigues. Whether it was working out, raking leaves at 4 a.m., sitting in the sauna. I bet you it was the same set hardly ever washed. I bet, she, I bet she smelled like A&K cologne. What's A&K cologne, baby? Ass and ketchup. Ass and ketchup. Mm-mm-mm. Smell like bugle chips. No, it smells like ass and ketchup. I'm saying, like, she smelled like bugle chips and a struck match. <laughs> <laughs> and freshly fallen leaves for some reason. <laughs> With a hint of lemon pledge. But when she breathed on you, it was very refreshing. <laughs> Made you think of church. That's the power <laughs> of Pine Sol, baby. <laughs> they polished the pews. <laughs> You're like, fuck's sake, she smelled like sweat and communion. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. And she wouldn't know what you're talking about because she's wearing fatigues and her eyes twitching. <laughs> and she looks demon-possessed. Apparently. As one would. After her uh, shopping and working out, she... That's weird for the cashier. Like, she's getting, like, those... <laughs> she gets the candy nobody wants, like the circus peanuts, and those little wax bottles that had Coke in it. You know what uh, I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> she would get those, like, go to the gym. <laughs> well, and you know, why in the hell is she out shopping for Halloween shit when she's getting ready to shoot the place up? I don't know. When you want Swedish fish, you want Swedish fish. Well, who am I to fucking say... <laughs> Well, she ended up returning to the mall around 4 p.m. driving her Datsun B210. Drunk off of her ass (laughs) in pledge. (laughs) Dressed in her green military fatigues. She also had a knit cap and black boots on. Nobody saw her because she was dressed in her fatigues. (laughs) She blended in really well. Man. She parked, grabbed the rifle, and got out, immediately firing two shots at a man approximately 30 yards away. She missed the man. But he had seen what she was driving, and in an attempt to keep her from escaping, he made his way around to her vehicle as she was approaching the mall and flattened one of her tires, which... Okay. He's got some balls if he's going to go to that extreme. That's You know, I commend him. That's quick thinking. Yeah. He thought on his feet while he was beating feet away from those fucking rounds that were being fired at him. Mm-hmm. This so is the- why motherfuckers go to Amazon. This shit. Get out of the car and get shot at. And it's upon you to Indiana Jones to fucking tire. (laughs) Sylvia also shot at and missed a woman at an ATM near the mall entrance and a man that was entering the mall. You'd think, being such a dedicated fucking soldier, she'd hit one. I'm not saying I'm rooting for her, but... Well, her last shots before entering the mall actually hit the marks. Uh... Two-year-old Recefe Cosman was shot and killed while waiting in line to eat at a local restaurant with his family. God damn it. His cousins, 10-year-old Tiffany and 9-year-old Karen, were hit in the face and chest, but they would survive. Up until this point, most shoppers had thought that the sounds were just a Halloween prank, but once they actually saw the children get hit, of course, they began to flee. Once Sylvia got inside the mall, she began firing randomly, shooting into some stores and completely ignoring others. The shoppers inside began to flee in all directions. The second victim killed in the rampage was 64-year-old Augusto Ferreira, who was in a shoe store. Others were shot and injured as Sylvia walked through, one of which was 67-year-old Ernest Earl Trout, who was still alive at the time, but was mortally wounded. So at three minutes into the assault, there were two dead and seven injured, and Sylvia kept shooting. A 24-year-old local graduate student named John Lawfer had heard the shooting, but still thought it was a prank with a cap gun. Now check this shit out. Not realizing the shooter was using a real loaded weapon, the two approached each other, and Sylvia raised the rifle to shoot him, 
but John twisted her arm behind her back and disarmed her. Nice. (laughs) He then forced her into a nearby store and told her to stay there while he went to get mall security. Because he thought this was a fucking fake gun. Tired of your shit, kid. Sylvia mumbled to him, quote, I'm a woman and I have family problems and I have seizures. Oh, well, okay. And I drink furniture polish. Yeah. Here's your gun. I'm sorry. (laughs) She amazingly complied and was still sitting there when the man and mall security returned. When security asked her why she had done this, she replied, quote, My family makes me nervous. Bummer. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I commend that guy. That guy was convinced this was all a prank and had enough of these fucking shenanigans. <laughs> Walked up to her and was like, come here, bitch. And just twisted her shit. You cut like, this shit out. I bet he grabbed her by the ear. <laughs> I was like, come on. You give me anything else, you get you you give me any guff. I swear to God, you're going to get a fucking Indian burn. Don't think I won't do it. And she's like, I have seizures sometimes. <laughs> My family makes me nervous. What are you going to do? People were ordered to shelter in place while the building was searched because no one was really sure if Sylvia acted alone. I mean, a female going on a shooting spree in a mall was kind of unheard of. See? You don't do that. And so, Mr. John, who had disarmed her, was also an EMT, and he helped attend to the wounded. And he would later be held in the community as a hero. Yeah, yeah, um, I bet you, uh, to be totally fucking honest, I bet you he has some P- or PTSD to this day because he thought it was all a joke until he went down and saw dead kids and was like, holy was like, fuck. Yeah. That was real? <laughs> the spree had lasted less than four minutes, 20 rounds were fired, and there were still 10 rounds live in the clip. The arraignment took place that night at 8 p.m., which Sylvia attended barefoot, and she was not cooperative. (laughs) She swore at reporters and journalists, both inside and outside of the courtroom. She's just weird. And asked the arresting officers to, quote, just shoot me now. Her first statement to the judge was, fuck you, I hope you starve, motherfucker. I don't like that feeling, but that's the way it is. He's a judge. (laughs) He won't starve. She doesn't like the way she's feeling, but that's the way it is. All right. When asked her telephone number, she rattled off a long stream of random numbers. And it talked about how Reagan was just fucking destroying the economy. <laughs> While looking at her ever-ready. <laughs> <laughs> she told the court that the reason for her rampage was problems with her parents. My parents beat me, of course. The police never handled my parents. She also said to the judge, quote, Hurry up, man. You know I'm guilty. Kill me on the spot. At that point, she was shot. No. No. That would have been too easy to do that. Her mother, Ruth, gave an interview that night about Sylvia's mental health history and said she had asked Sylvia just that morning to be recommitted due to a recent increase in her psychotic activity. That got her mad. She claimed Sylvia's response was that she'd rather go to prison than back to a hospital. Ruth had been told that without a clearly violent incident, that involuntary commitment was impossible. So, okay, so does so. she kind of, I'm not saying like she's responsible, but does she kind of just like put a, was she a little birdie? Mm, I don't know. Most of the stuff that I read stated that she had been having increased bizarre behaviors and violent thoughts. But at the same time, it's one of those things that you see in sitcoms where it's like, I didn't know that you just told me type of things, you know, mm-hmm. like. She sounds like she was a little birdie. Sounds, she sounds like the bug that was in her ear. Uh, I don't think her mom... I mean, maybe unintentionally. I'm saying, what's the name of the guy in The Shining that lived in his tooth? Tony. The, mom sounds like Tony. <laughs> Sylvia was... Sent- Buy a rifle. <laughs> Buy a rifle. Shut up. <laughs> Get your fatigues on. <laughs> Buy candy. Rake the leaves. Some guy John's gonna be a real dick. Sylvia was sent to Norristown State Hospital for evaluation to see if she was competent to stand trial. She faced charges for three counts of murder and seven counts of attempted murder and assault. And parking in a handicapped spot. (laughs) At least she parked. What if they put that on her too? It was like, (laughs) and a $75 fine. (laughs) The Pennsylvania mental health system was criticized by the public, obviously, 
for the handling of Sylvia over the years. Psychologists and psychiatrists pointed out the civil rights movement of the 1970s on behalf of the mentally ill that ensured they cannot be institutionalized without a violent incident. Even if they could be hospitalized, once they were calmer and stable, they were to be released. So basically, the doctors all passed the buck and said, you guys were complaining about being held, so we changed the rules, that kind of thing. It was learned that prior to the shooting, Sylvia had been refusing her medications, like we talked about in the beginning. No! As they reportedly, quote, made her sick. You know, if they took the medication and kind of like they took the pills, you know, uh-huh. and ground them up, okay, you uh-huh. with me? Yeah. And you get some pizza dough, you roll it out, and then you get some maple syrup and some... Some cinnamon and some brown sugar mm-hmm. and butter in mm-hmm. there. Sprinkle a little bit of the pills and chopped up candied bacon. Roll it up, slice it, and make fucking cinnamon rolls and let her have the whole plate. Which Not only will she be medicated, she'll be happy. Do you have to drive around the neighborhood in a van with music playing to sell these candied delights to the children? I don't know. Are you asking me do I do this or do I do it while playing winger? Either. Yes. Okay. A little work. (laughs) So, like I said, Sylvia said that the pills made her sick by causing some weight gain, loss of muscle control, and vision problems. Yeah, some people really have it bad. And that's why a lot of people go off of their Mm -hmm. medicines, because they don't like the way they make them feel. They make them feel drowsy or dopey, and they don't feel, quote, like themselves. But like themselves is the problem. Yeah. But she had been trying to get a tranquilizer prescription filled at the mall's Rite Aid pharmacy a week before the attack. All Remember she had, Rite Aid? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All she had to do is be like, I'm a sniper. Look at my fatigues. I need tranquilizer. Keep my hands steady. I would have made matters worse, really, when you think about it. She was trying to get this filled, but had been refused because she hadn't brought her welfare card. Evidently, that was a thing they had. She returned later with the card and got the pills. But it was believed that the initial refusal frustrated her to the point of wanting to take action. Most of the shooting took place in the pedestrian area in front of Rite Aid. And and, and Rite Aid's not around anymore. No. Nope. Coincidence? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this had nothing to do with it. It had to do with financial troubles. <laughs> in March of 1986, Sylvia was found competent to stand trial. Teehee. It began in June and lasted eight days. It took the jury over nine hours to decide on a verdict. Really? So I, I get so shocked at how long it takes them to, to well, deliberate over this. Well, in her case, they had the option of finding her, you know, not guilty, guilty, or not guilty by reason of insanity. She was found guilty, but insane. She was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences, one for each victim that was killed, and seven consecutive 10-year terms, one for each of the wounded victims. And $75. (laughs) The judge overseeing the trial declared that Sylvia, quote, should spend the rest of her life in some sort of incarceration, end quote. Yeah. She was first sent to the psychiatric specialty hospital, Mayview State Hospital, for evaluation, and was then eventually transferred to the State Correctional Institution in Muncie, Pennsylvania. A civil suit was filed in October of 1987 by the wounded victims and relatives of victims. It alleged gross negligence from the Springfield Mall's owners, Haverford State Hospital, the Township Police Department, the corporation that owned Best Products, and a mental health counselor on the basis that they collectively failed to take precautions to ensure the community's safety. Now, okay, the one thing I don't buy is the Springfield Mall's owners. You can't have a guy out there looking for a bitch with a rifle. You can't have that. It happened in this place. It's not negligence on anybody's part at the mall. Well, this is where they got them. Evidence introduced in the trial showed that Sylvia had made threatening gestures in the days prior to the shooting. Oh. And that some people were aware of her psychological history. And she spent all that time at the mall. And all the people that worked at the mall knew she had problems okay yeah okay that is where they got him yeah in february of 1990 the plaintiffs were awarded damages 
which was settled for a rumored three million dollars. Now, see if it wasn't if that if it was just a random mall that they never seen her at. There's no fucking way they could have sued. No. No way, right? Well, and also you gotta consider the fact that she'd been in and out of these psych wards over and over and over again and kept getting released, and I think that probably played a big part in it too. I think if anybody needs to pay up the most, it's the psychiatric part of it. Yeah. So Sylvia's mother Ruth... quit taking crazy people's fucking words. <laughs> you, you you can't do that. If I go crazy, if if I go outside right now to the neighbor's house and chew their chest open and eat their heart, if I if they're like, I'm not vouching for you. So how are you feeling? And I, and I tell a doctor like, I'm great. They they shouldn't be like, oh cool, up top. No, it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> Sylvia's mother Ruth urged legislators to reform the state's mental health laws. She and Sylvia's father visited Sylvia regularly until 1997. When Sylvia decided to cut off all contact with her family members, just out of the blue. She did it all in fatigues. It wasn't even fatigues. It was her um, white little uniform that she had to have, mm-hmm. but she covered it in with Sharpies. <laughs> in 1999, a reporter from the New York Times sent a letter to Sylvia and received back pages and pages of mostly incoherent ramblings and notes written on his own letter as well as other previously used papers. <laughs> he got corrected. He got spell checked on his own shit. You can, you can actually see this. You can look it up online. It's a PDF. Google Sylvia Segrist New York Times Rampage Letter. And you can actually see his letter where she's written all over it in the borders and the margins. And then there's other sheets in there that she scribbled on that had nothing to do with his letter. And it's all over the place. You can tell... The person that did all that did not have a coherent thought process. You know, I'm not one to be like victim blaming or anything like that, but I kind of don't think this is because you saw your grandpa one time be like, look at this. What do you think this is? Look at this. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is called my tackle. Schizophrenia is uh, an actual certified psychological problem. Yeah, I think... At, and this is weird because it compares humans to like machines, but I think at some point she shorted out. A fuse popped and she hasn't been correct. Not even like crazy, but like you would look at this person and be like, this person, this is a malfunctioned human yeah. being. And I don't know all of the biology and chemistry behind it, but obviously her synapses weren't connecting right or firing off at the wrong place or it's like something pour, it's like pouring water on johnny number five yeah yeah i went there I, no disassemble johnny five no disassemble johnny five <laughs> did i tell you the story about no disassemble johnny five uh-uh. <laughs> okay so this is again way off topic but it was on my second tour in iraq we found an ied in the road. Mm-hmm. And we were the scout vehicle. And explain so what an IED is in case they don't that's know. That's an improvised explosive device. It's a just a bomb you put on the side of the road. And uh, it was victim operated, which means you blew it up. They didn't use a cell phone or anything to page it in. I won't get too far into how it was done, clearly. But um, we, it, we missed it by like maybe six inches. The trigger. And, um... So, you were fucking lucky. Very, very lucky. Because what happened... It was the one time... Because I was always a gunner. And the gunner is the guy that has to really look out, you know? And it was the one time where I'm like, I don't want to fucking stand up. I've been standing up all fucking night. Because when you go to one post, you gotta refuel, grab some dinner, go to the next one. Because you have to go to one that's on the other side of the goddamn country. You know, you just have to stop each time and, and refuel and, you know. And um, I was like, guys, I, I'm just, I'm fucking tired. Let me just get behind the wheel and drink some Monsters and some Red Bull and everything. I was like, you know, uh, Salazar was the driver at the time. I'm like, hey, get up in the fucking turret. I don't want to stand up there anymore. And we have, um, a, it's called the Vic system, and that's the, uh, the headphones, you know. And there's a switch on your chest. You switch it up. The switch goes up, you could talk to everybody in the cab. Switch goes down, 
and you talk to everybody in the convoy, right? Mm-hmm. And we're uh, gun truck one. We're the scouts. So we're like 500 yards ahead of the convoy. The rest of the convoy is really tight-knit, but then you have the scout vehicle is really far out. And So you were the guinea pigs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody was going to find one, it was fucking us. And uh, so we were golf one. And he went on and he was like, stop. And I hit the brakes. And he's like, go. And I hit the gas. He said, stop. The whole thing was the entire time he's telling me to go. He's clicking down and he's telling the rest of the convoy to stop. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. So like, gas, brake, gas, brake. And I'm screaming, what the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> and he was like, you stop. Golf two. No, he's like, no, you go. Golf two. Stop. And I was like, oh, thank God. So I just hit the gas. He was like, stop. I'm like, who? He's like, you. I was like, got it. <laughs> I like pulled it. It was like a weird, like, like action movie. Like, and we're like mm-hmm. sideways to the road. And he said, I have a um, PIED, which is a possible IED. And it turns out it was. Uh, Salazar was pretty good at that, too. Later we on. almost got pied. Nice. Dude, later on in the tour, he spotted an IED across the highway. Across the median. Mm-hmm. Across the highway. Wow. You know what he got for it? Nothing. Really? Because he left the dining facility one time. And forgot his weapon. He got an Article 15 and no awards. And I'm like, I get you should be punished for that, but he saved a lot of fucking lives. Whatever. That's not for me to, whatever. But (laughs) they called uh, EOD out to take care of the bomb, Mm -hmm. you know. And it was Johnny Number 5. It was a little guy on little tracks and Mm -hmm. little hands and a little computer head. And I looked, I was like, aww. It's Johnny number five, but everybody in the fucking truck is younger than me. They're like, who? And I'm like, just shut up. I got the DVD back. I'll show you later. <laughs> short circuit if short circuit. you have no clue what we're talking or about. Or short circuit part two. Why not? And um, From the 80s. Cute awesome. movie. Oh, it is a cute movie. It really is. <laughs> that and no batteries re- required. Batteries not included. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Anyway. No batteries required. I don't know what the fuck it was called. <laughs> I'm old. I forget things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and what's weird is with the, the EOD guy, I don't know if you guys seen, uh, what's it called, Hurt Locker? Mm-hmm. Where they dress up in the big green bomb suit. Yeah. No. No, they don't. They walk around and kick shit over. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at him with the window down. I'm like, should you do that? He was like, well, if I do it and it blows up, it won't matter. And I'm like, but still, guys, come on. <laughs> So they found it, and they got Johnny number five out, and I'm like, oh, God, no disassemble Johnny five. <laughs> no disassemble Johnny five. Next thing you know, you see this huge fireball go up. The concussion rocked the whole Humvee. Oh. And I was like, oh, Johnny five, <laughs> no. Johnny five disassembled. And the whole night, I was like, they were like, what's wrong, Jones? You're, you're lucky. We, we made it. I was like, yeah, but. Poor fucking robot never had a goddamn chance. <laughs> that is their purpose. That's how we did it, though. The Romanians that we served with, you know what they did? Hmm. They uh, brought a truck out. No armor. No body armor. No nothing. They brought a truck out. They saw it. And they're like, okay. And then they, they shoot it. They shoot it. <laughs> they put it. They, they, they drive out into like a mountain and they put a sniper up. And shoot it. And just blow it up. That's probably a lot more cost effective. Yeah, just cost one round. Yeah. Cost, cost us a Johnny number five. Yeah. Poor Johnny number five. I'll never forget him. <laughs> he really sacrificed, you know. All gave some, some gave all. Let's have a moment of silence for Johnny number five. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We're straying way too far away here. Rest in peace, Johnny. <laughs> So, uh, Sylvia's mom, Ruth, like I said earlier, she's, um, a freelance writer. She was quoted in 2002 as saying, quote, it's her illness. She's schizophrenic and psychotic and becomes extremely paranoid. She dwells on things in the past. Since I was her closest family member, I got blamed. She did what she did because of me. And in response to the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012, 
Ruth Segrist was quoted in the Philly Post as saying, You know, it's ironic that people who are irrational are expected under the law to get help on their own. There needs to be something in the law that compels a troubled person to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist. In the 1950s, we were still institutionalizing people who weren't mentally ill. You could institutionalize someone who was just unruly. We've gone from one extreme to the other. Well. And that's okay. the God's honest truth. Yeah. I mean, what do we do in this day and age when everyone says, oh, it's mental health, it's mental health, but... If the people that have the mental problems are so unstable that they don't know how or unaware that they need to get help, we don't have laws mandating, yeah, we can keep these people unless they're violent. But then it's like, if you don't catch it in time, then you have the Sandy Hooks and the Columbines and the, what was it, Aurora Theater? Aurora, yeah. Then you have this shit with these crazy people. <clears throat> So, and that's something to be said too. And, and, and it's it's um it's said now if you if you see something say something because maybe the person doing what they're doing are showing you warning signs that they don't even know they're showing you. Mm-hmm. And gotta kind of be nipped in the bud. Kind of like one of those things where I sound kind of cheesy. I sound kind of nineteen fifties, but maybe it does take a village. You know, fucking keep an eye out because it's not always going to be the mom or dad is going to be like, yeah, my kid's crazy. They might not want to think that. They might not see it or they might not want to admit it. Yeah, I think this is a major issue that legislators and politicians need to come up with some type of definitive guidelines for mental health issues and institutionalizing people. Because, I, I mean, I know you have to protect everyone's civil rights, you know, to not lock them up for no fucking reason. I completely understand that, but... If you do notice someone acting bizarre, you know, people might say, oh, well, they're just quirky. Well, maybe they're not just quirky. Maybe they're not. Maybe. There might be something really wrong. Exactly. Try in any way you can to get these people some type of help. If it means approaching them yourself or reporting it to someone in authority, you want to try and nip it in the bud before it gets to this point. And thank God, you know, she there were only three people killed. Because nowadays when we have these mass shootings, we're looking at 15, 20 people killed. Uh-huh. I thought this was kind of an interesting story because it was a female, but also wanted to get the point across about... It has relevance. Yeah, the, the, the mental issues. And these people can't help it. They don't realize that what they're doing is what they're doing. And it's not to say they're not without blame. And that's the thing that gets me too, is the whole... Not even in this one, but in other cases, not not guilty by reason of insanity. I don't believe that. I personally don't believe that that is even a term. You still did it. Mm-hmm. There's no getting around that. And, and you know, maybe the judicial system doesn't look at that. Maybe the jury doesn't look at that. The victims' families do. They certainly do. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. Of course, like always, gotta thank purpleplanet.com, jewelbeat.com, and Pond5.com for all the music and sound effects you have heard this episode. But you'll also be hearing another new song from our wonderfully talented son, Phaser765. You can find him on SoundCloud, where he makes excellent music. And also on YouTube, where he does gameplay and game reviews. And that's P-H-A-Z-E-R-765. He's actually, um, I believe right now, he's in his room where he lives 24 fucking 7 that's where he dwells this is i you know i picture his room like a you know in the like mid late 90s the hacker who has like 17 <laughs> different screens you know yeah that's him yeah he's he's actually working on some songs right now so check him out listen to his stuff like it please listen to the end of each of our episodes where we've added his songs on I think it's absolutely amazing, the stuff he's making. It's not my type of music that I generally listen to, but for a 12-year-old, it's fucking awesome. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis in the Macabre. And follow us on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. You can visit our website at martinisinthemacabre.com. 
where there's a contact page in case you want to email us with any topic suggestions, uh, likes, dislikes, just want to say hi. We also humbly, again, ask you to please rate and review us on iTunes. That's what kind of keeps us going is the reviews. We, we've gotten some excellent five-star reviews. We would like to get some more ratings in there. We'll help expand our audience and it gets us, on our it ratings. Gets us, it gets us on the charts. Exactly. You know? um, and we would love any type of feedback that you have for us. You can email us directly, martinisandthemacabre at gmail.com or through the contact page on our website. We also ask that you visit geekyclothing.com for your Martinis and the Macabre merchandise. That's G-I-K-I clothing.com. Also, other excellent apparel and accessories. Good stuff. The one comfortable. The, the one with the skull and headdress is easily my favorite. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. It's so cool. And the shirts are so cozy. They're, it's like wearing lotion. Yes, very cozy, lightweight, very comfortable. You will really enjoy any of the shirts that you get from Geeky Clothing. And we would appreciate you visiting them so much. Can you think of anything else that we need to throw out there? This is a new segment called, Why the Fuck Aren't You Listening to This? <laughs> Lately, we have gotten a lot of followers on Twitter uh, from other podcasts, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And these are great podcasts. I'm not just saying it to be loosey-goosey. Hey, these guys are awesome. No, I'm being absolutely upfront. Like, if... If I wasn't doing a podcast, I would listen to these. And they're not giving me anything for this. I'm not, I mean, these people are in like other parts of the country, other parts of the world. They're not even going to come and give me a high five. And speaking of other parts of the world, thank you, UK, for continuing your support. I have some podcasts here. One is called And That's Why We Drink. And it's a, it's a podcast devoted to... Um, uh, true crime and a lot of paranormal stuff and um, I listened to one today and it was kind of creepy it was the um, I believe it was the Bell Witch it's called Paranormal Bitch Slap and it's, it's, it's the Bell Witch Haunting but I tell you what I, I really enjoy it the, uh, the, the hosts they're, they're really funny and they really get you involved they really immerse you in it and then we have another one um, I don't do good with words what's that one Nihilist. Thank you. Wait, do the whole thing. The Nihilist Podcast Network. I just like your voice. My voice is so soothing Man, when like, I don't have laryngitis. It's like wiping your ass with silk. <laughs> They're a great podcast. There's a great podcast network, and they and they help set you up with um, other great podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, even the ones that's not even in their network, like ones that, like they even mentioned us, and, it, and we're not in their network. They're like, hey, we like this podcast. This is a great podcast. Listen to it, you know. I say the same thing. We're a great podcast. Listen to us. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you have a, this is important. And I like these guys. I, I like this because they will debate anything that you give them. You know, like, and then they're open to suggestions. You give them topics, they'll debate it. What and is, you have to be a person that likes longer length podcast they run that, long they do run long but uh it, it's fun it's fun what's <laughs> this one nintendo 64 versus playstation i would love to i'm gonna listen to that tomorrow uh the last ovation i dig the last ovation because uh, she talks about actors actresses uh famous people and who they were how they died you know, and the ones that were murdered, how they were murdered. And, and she and just shared on the Facebook group that we're all members in that she just reached 10,000 downloads. Good for her. So congratulations. And I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. it's a really good podcast. And uh, there's Make Me a Fan podcast, which they, they just go on topics that, that are uh, just stuff that will just really grab your attention. Like it, it, when you listen to Make Me a Fan podcast, you'll be you'll be sucked in within five minutes. And you'll enjoy it. Film Roast. Film Roast is great. I dig Film Roast because you know me. I'm a movie. Mm -hmm. I'm a movie nerd. I'm a movie junkie. And I tell you what. I nerd the fuck out with Dirt Nap. So that's the end of my segment. <laughs> Why the fuck aren't you listening to these? Alright. So of course if you're listening to us. You probably know where to find us. 
you can listen and download directly from our website or uh, any of your providers that you typically get your podcast from. And we just recently got added to Podknife. So find us wherever you can. We're everywhere. We're trying to get on Spotify, but that's uh, kind of an elite group to be allowed into. We're working on that shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just go to uh, podknife.com and you'll find a search bar and just type in Martinez and Macabre and you'll find all of our episodes. And that's one of the ones where, uh, unlike Player FM or something that just archives ours, on Podknife, you can review. You can rate and review on that as well. Awesome. Yeah. So please do that. We would greatly appreciate any high regards you give us. If you don't like us, I'm sorry. We're still going to keep doing it. Yeah. Move on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if we're not the one for you. Or if okay. you like most of it and there's something you don't like, just let us know. The only way we're going to change is if we get some feedback, because otherwise we don't know if we're doing anything wrong. As of right now, I think we're good. I think we're doing great. <laughs> I ain't, like us. Ain't nobody saying shit. We're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, on that note. They just crushed. They... We're not talking about How that. is that a thing? Okay. Ignore my husband for his newest discovery of crush porn. I don't understand the world anymore. I feel old and in the way. Here's some good music to listen to, and we'll talk to you next time. Should we do a palate cleanser? I mean, because it's a pane of glass. You don't get a palate cleanser. It's so You're fucking great. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.